back to the best podcast, your favorite podcast, Good Books and Bad Banter. I am your host, Maddie. And I'm Tori. And we're here to talk about My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshveg. Wow. Just wow. This book was too much. And also, like, not a, like it was nothing and it was a lot. Mm-hmm. All in one. And I don't know what to feel about it because I was like, I don't even, I have been contemplating what rating to give this because I have no idea. I don't either. I have no fucking clue what to rate So this. I kind of just gave it a three. <laughs> I was going to give it a two. Yeah, I thought about giving it a two, but I was like, I think I gave it a three because I kind of like enjoyed some bits. Of, yeah, like, her I or whatever. a three just for how much it makes you think. It didn't make me think. It just made me like, um, it made me like, um just gasp <laughs> most okay. of the time that she was like all of the time that she like self-medicated and everything mm-hmm. i was just like whoa okay and i was just like my my eyebrows i think were raised the entire time i was listening to this so you know I think I not helping the wrinkles the whole time like what the fuck uh yeah for me it wasn't helping the wrinkles that i'm already like farming on my forehead but you know that's a different story but anyways um let's get back before we get off track, because I know we always do this. Um, three updates. Three updates. Mm-hmm. You want to go first? No, I want you to go first. Okay. <clears throat> I was camping this weekend. It was amazing. I read a couple of books. I sat by a fire. I went for some little nature walks. It was great. Nature. I'm depressed that I'm home. Which... This book was not good to read when I was, like, literally on a post-vacation <laughs> depression. Like, <laughs> I started reading this on Sunday. Or, may- yeah, Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not good for a girl like me. This ain't a good <laughs> book for a girl like me. <laughs> and then I read it the whole way home, and I was just like, oh, I'm not going to be in a good mental space <laughs> after this. I'm going to need to call my therapist immediately. <laughs> reading it at work on my phone today, and I was already so fucking depressed about being in the goddamn office. I was just like, this is not a good book for me. This is not a good book for me. So that was <laughs> my thought process the whole entire fucking time. Um, what else? We're already, like, ready to plan our next trip. Mm-hmm. And I think... Maybe Hold on. Let me go get my dog. If you hear him in the background. And what else? What else? Um, Yeah. I'll tell you my other book that I finished on my trip, which is um, Forever Never by Lucy Score. She's one of my favorite, like, smutty romance, like, unserious novel writers. So did that help you get out of your funk? No, and- because I read that first. Oh, okay. I see yeah. what you're saying. I didn't do anything to my dog. I just shushed him. I just went, shh. <laughs> I like, literally opened my door. I said, shh, and then came back. So nice. probably didn't help anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are your three updates? Um, On Saturday, I went to a baby shower. Mm-hmm. And it was our family friend's um, daughter. And she... It's really close to us, so we're super excited for her because this is her first baby, and um, she's really excited, too. And she's told us that she was having a very easy pregnancy, so hopefully that stays the same way. Mm-hmm. She's going to have her in um, 
the beginning of March. So, a Pisces. Yep. Pisces Amazing. through and through. I think her her due date is March eighth. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I hope she comes a day early so we can share a birthday. That would be so cute. And then, um, let me think. Then Sunday, I ended up going to Bryan College Station because my grandmother's birthday was on Sunday and my mom's birthday was on Thursday. So we went up there, um, like all of my family or like my immediate family, my grandparents and then my aunt's family. Uh-huh. We all went to Bryan College Station and had lunch together. So that way just to celebrate their <laughs> birthdays and spend time with them. And so after that, which was really nice, it was just long because, like, it's a two-hour drive there and a two-hour drive back. Mm-hmm. And I just went for the day, and I was so tired. I had not been sleeping very well recently. Um, they have a lot On of bad... On par with our book. Huh? On par with our book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I hadn't been sleeping very well recently. I had had a lot of, like, really bad dreams, so nightmares. And then um, had been experiencing some major insomnia. So, but besides that, um, on Monday, which is yesterday, I went and did some very productive things for the podcast. So, <sighs> that was my weekend. Yesterday, I just tried to take it chill, but ended up being productive because Rachel's productivity leaked into me. Mm-hmm. But we found a really cool... Um, coffee bar spot called codependent mm-hmm. or codependent codependent yeah then then like there's dogs that are allowed to be in the coffee shop on the couches and stuff it makes me so happy so i'm gonna have to bring kirby in the next time i love it nice <laughs> what were you gonna say nothing okay but anyways those are my three updates but i have nothing else to add other than i just can't wait to read next week's book <laughs> yeah and hopefully not be so damn depressed over it right essentially um yeah so are we gonna say three and two for our ratings yeah are you gonna give it a two? Uh, see i don't know maybe three is a better rating. why don't you just give it a two and a half two and a half okay we got a two and a half all right i'm gonna give it a three <clears throat> i'm just frustrated by this book i don't want to think about it <laughs> well i mean it was a lot well okay so Atesha, otessa moshbeck i have heard a lot about her i heard like, nothing yeah i went into this book fully blind and it was a jarring experience <laughs> <laughs> no i've heard of otessa moshbeck otessa moshbeck for a while now she's been circulating on book inst or booktube for a very very long time mm-hmm. um i think my year of rest and relaxation actually came out in 2018 2018 mm-hmm. um i think it had a more of a bigger spark in 2020 whenever the pandemic kind of happened because mm-hmm. that's whenever i saw it come onto the scene a lot more mm-hmm. i hear a lot of people like eileen yeah um, more that, yeah and i actually have eileen because Melanie gave it to me and she told me she's like I read this book and I need you to read it because I need to talk to somebody about it it was that's all Maybe she told we should me read it for the pod man I don't know should we because she's notoriously known for like writing about Terrible very people. like no Terrible not women well not even nasty that stuff. yeah just nasty things because I mean in her um interview or like in several of her interviews people ask her like why she does that and it's like you don't ever remember the good you always remember the bad so you always remember the bad better 
then you remember the good. Mm-hmm. So that's why I take these like really weird, gross themes and write about them because you're you obviously did the thing that I want you to do. And you're like, why is this so gross? Like you always keep thinking about it. And you're like, this is like the weirdest book I've read. Mm-hmm. So which I think is a funny tactic for her to think. I mean, a lot of people say she's an odd author and I completely, completely agree. Cause mm-hmm. I was just like the entire time I'm telling you my entire like brow was furrowed. <laughs> but, yeah. But besides that, I like her writing style. I feel like, it's a stream of consciousness instead of like a novel and it has to, it really it has me no interested plot. the whole time but yeah i agree it's no it's plotless and that's why so melanie really likes books that don't have a plot and i don't really like books that mm. have a plot cuz i need like something to like grasp onto but this one didn't irritate me as some of the other plotless books that i've read like sally rooney conversation with friends and um all of her books normal people cannot get through them i have tried do not like them Mm. they are all just like one stream of consciousness like everybody there's no quotation marks in one of the books Mm. so you don't see who is talking or who isn't talking and it's all just continuous and i hate it and some people really love, like, Sally Rooney especially is, like, some people love Sally Rooney, and then other people hate Sally Rooney. There's no, nobody's in between. They're like, eh, yeah, they're, they're okay. Either you gotta love them or you hate them, hmm. sort of thing. So, and I think Otessa follows that same, same style, for sure. <laughs> Either you love her or you hate her. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, do you want to move into the spoiler parts? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I did a lot of research on this book. Well, do you want to talk author. about any of the research that you that you have curated? Um, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We'll do that before the spoiler part. Right? Like, I literally looked into it so much because this book bewildered me, and I needed to know. Yeah, like, like, I've never experienced anything like this. Right, and because I knew nothing going in, I was like, what the fuck? So I had to research and see if this was, like, an autobiography autobiography-esque like did a she fictional autobiography this? which i think <clears throat> which actually is a niche drama or a niche what the fuck genre, did i just drama i said drama a niche genre yes um which i thought was interesting and so let's see one of the first things this is <clears throat> this is what i just said and like my thoughts said this book terrified me it was a good book but i'm not sure i can recommend it to anyone uncomfortable and unsettling but that's the point it holds a mirror up to us and society even the cover image which is something like when i was researching i found out is like a 300 year old image to challenge the idea of like we're so social media and like vanity obsessed like so she chose that image on purpose to like challenge like Who's going to read this book when it's not, like, necessarily visually interesting in, the, right. in 2020 or 2018? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, and I would have fallen prey to that if you hadn't asked us to read this for the pod. I ne- probably never would have read this book. Right. And I, and I'm I think fully she, aware that I do that. I think she juxtaposes it with the bright neon pink. Pink lettering, Because yeah. the, whenever you have it on the 
bookshelf because I have the actual physical copy. I just listened to it from the library. Um, but the physical copy, the spine is neon pink mm-hmm. and black. So you're interested whenever you pull it off the shelf, but then you look at it and you're like, oh. And then you put it back. Yeah. Because so, I did that a bunch of times, like picking it up because I bought it. And I was like, I want to read my year of rest and relaxation because I hear like things just about Otessa and like either you love her or you hate her. And like she's a very odd writer and people are just very polarized in like the mm-hmm. opinions that they give about her. And everybody always says that she wrote, writes about really gross things or really weird, obscure, taboo shit. So I'm like, OK, well, I guess I have to give her a try. So but it took me a while to actually like pick up that book. But I've always thought that cover is very interesting in the yeah. first place. And I think she's a good author for what she's doing. Like, mm. social commentary. Yeah, for at sure. At its finest. And I think she did it well. Because I also was intrigued the whole time. Like, there were moments where I was like, okay, fuck, this is repetitive. Mm. But also, that's the point, is like, she's depressed and there's nothing interesting. And so, her life is repetitive. And it's the day-to-day banality and, like, that stuff. So... I don't know. It's like I appreciate it for what it did because it did it well, but also I fucking hated it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's a in a way, hated but but yeah. in a way that made you feel like you had to keep going and had to know like what the ending was. Obviously, yeah. And I feel like some people are pissed that it did what it was supposed to do because they're like, well, it didn't actually do that. I'm like, yeah, it fucking did because you're thinking about it, right? Like and you obviously are like leaving a review. At the end of the day, anything, as long as you're thinking about it and talking about it, like, that's the p- service it's supposed to provide. provide. Mm. No, I don't know. For so sure. This book is- I mean, like, she, you achieved <clears throat> her goal as an author to talk about and be unsettled. Yeah. Like, that was the whole point mm-hmm. of uh, of this book. So. I also said I obviously want to read... Uh, things that push myself and like make me learn and grow and analyze things more like i i i don't know how to say it correctly analyze things at, more of like dissect a, them yeah I guess. in a in a, li- in a literary way in literary a literary way, way. Mm-hmm. but for the most part when i read the purpose it serves is escape and that's why i tend to go towards romances and fantasy i think mm-hmm. because Life is already fucking crushing, so I don't want to read a book about crushing it is. Like, that's about crushing depression depression that I'm already experiencing (laughs) in a crushing, depressing world. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's good, obviously, to make yourself aware of life and like that stuff but man well i, I think it's also good it's also good just to like read social narrative and social commentary yeah. because i think we kind of get caught in the rat race of everything that we don't realize that well, what we're yeah. doing obviously and seeing those things and being able to process all of that stuff like that is going on socially it's like what the fuck bro I because sometimes too much because sometimes i feel like that's how i think anyways like even without a book like this like my what do you brain mean? Constantly thinking that way. In what way? Like the like analyzing social whatever you know. Oh, girl, that's like if you didn't do that, I'd be concerned. Yeah, because I do that all the time. I'm like, I like saying that's like, why I'm like, that, oh, damn, I don't need to. People always talked about how like you know, 
I was always really good at English and literature because I could take different things and connect it to other things and be like, look, this is what symbolizes this Mm -hmm. and this is whatever. And obviously in English and then in your higher level classes, whenever you at least have stuff to back it up, it's always proven correct. Like, you know what I mean? That's critical thinking is being able to take something, show your proof for it and be like, look, this is why I think these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was able I was always able to take those like very abstract thoughts and explain not explain them but like you know justify like why this is how i interpreted things or this is mm-hmm. how i kind of saw it you know underneath the layers of what it is or what it actually was and mm-hmm. what it was trying to mean and stuff so and i do that even with like the world and how people interact with other people and ulterior motives and shit like that so like if you didn't think like that no, I know. I've always thought that way too. So I'm like concerned. <laughs> this also, put me in a gloom I, for the whole. Honestly, time. though, honestly though, I think I would have a very simple existence if I did not, and I don't know if I would like that. Well, you'd be a lot happier. I don't know if I would. You would. I, Trust me. I don't. But I don't think I would want to be that kind of like surfacely like happy. Well, right. So. Then I wouldn't want to do Life that. Life is complex. Right. Then I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be happy like that. Because it would just be like not enjoying anything. Like you almost was like because ignorance is bliss. So it's yeah. like you just literally would be going through life being like with like a veil. Like everything would be like. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that the veil is there. So you wouldn't give a fuck. My that existence would be so boring. You don't know that. Oh, no, I would. It would it'd be so boring. I like my life now. <laughs> I mean, I do, too. I'm just trying to like push the buttons but no the devil's advocate it's definitely harder to live in a world when you think when you're not ignorant about it well yeah because then you realize just the entirety the like ugliness of the world also we never learned the main character's name in this book yeah she's nameless yeah which i like because i feel like then it makes you put yourself in that like you can't think of her as other as easily because she doesn't have a name yeah then you just kind of give uh she's a yn (laughs) your name never mind you don't remember you don't know fan fiction let me just leave that what that's fan fiction like whenever you're reading fan fiction and it says hey Y slash N. I've talked to you this before. It stands for your name, so you insert your name. Definitely, you have not told me this. I before. have. I have. I guarantee you have not. I guarantee I have. I would have remembered this. No, I told you on the podcast too. I'm gonna go look. I'm gonna go okay, look, back. look it up, and you tell I will. me. I will. What the fuck? No. <laughs> oh. Um. But yeah, that's like in fan fiction is like whenever they're writing stories or whatever anytime that it has a character that you're supposed to be like if it's in your perspective you put y in (laughs) and that's why all those tiktoks are like oh my god it's like y in like point of view or like i'm living yn's life i've never seen a tiktok what oh my god i have to show you something because they're so fucking funny okay well let's get into the spoiler part of i sold you (laughs) oh jesus christ (laughs) I sold you for drug money because I don't have anything left. I don't care. Yeah, I remember that video. You that's why in like that's fan fiction because all of them were like, "Oh, my big blue orbs." <laughs> oh, I put my hair up in a messy bun. I was like, "I guess I better get ready. I can't forget my books." 
They're like, who are you? I'm Harry Styles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who you are. I just read my books. (laughs) Well, come on. We're going on tour, love. (laughs) It's going to be a wild ride. Uh, You ever heard of One Direction? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I cannot. You so missed out on fan fiction. Because you would eat that shit up. I totally would. I'm I so sad for you. I'm so sad. I'm not, because honestly, no, I'd it be was a really freak if I had it my hands on that shit. Uh, we are in the same group of Brittany Broski, and I fully 110 percent accept being a freak if she's part of that group of fan fiction. True. I mean, I've started reading the fanfic of Reese. I just fucking love her. She said, I want to resand. <laughs> no, like, yeah, baby, I mean, I'll do. Who don't? Who don't? Okay. Let's get into the spoiler parts. We've talked a lot. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add in your research. <laughs> I mean, I still have, like, a ton. <laughs> well, what do you want to say? I literally went down, like. A rabbit hole? Yeah. Well, if that's all you wanted to say. Um, let's see. She's okay. I was thinking about that experience. Okay. I think the thing one learns living in New York for long enough is that you can become blase very quickly. I was thinking about that experience while writing this character. She's incredibly judgmental and critical of the culture she's living in. It's not like she has a better option for herself. So her best thinking is that she should sleep as long as she can until she can wake up with a new perspective. Um, and then she said the ideas of brainwashing misinformation and how disconnected we become from our own lives the more media we consume if there's any intentional point to the book she explained it was that she wanted people to spend some time in their own mind and then put the book down and maybe feel a little bit different i said i'm like depressed but also have a new sense of enjoyment for life because you're so irritated by the main character's BS. Mm. And, like, I felt like when she finally started to feel better, like, I started to feel better because you're not reading the fucking gloom the whole fucking time anymore. Mm. I don't know. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm just listening to no, you. No, I know. And then someone said, <laughs> if all that sounds a tad bleak, just know that my year of rest and relax- relaxation is actually incredibly funny. The narrator Honor, provides I priceless commentary on everything from wealthy patrons of her former art gallery to the fashion choices of her pseudo best friend Reva or Reva, whatever it is. Nothing and nobody is immune from her biting criticism and the way in which she describes her daily drug cocktail routine, which is without exaggeration the most extensive regimen in literary history. For real. I couldn't even keep up with all the names. I was like, no. Girl, what? <laughs> what the fake? So. All right. So, anyways, that's the majority of what I have. Yes. Okay. Well, let's move into the actual spoiler parts of the book. Yes. So, as you know, we try to keep the beginning of every episode spoiler free, and it's actually good. You got a really good chunk of the episode already for for this one to be able to get to learn and stuff. So, go read the book if you want to. Uh, major trigger warnings, though. Yes. A lot. Um, just. Look into it if it's something that you'd actually want to read, and if it's not, totally fine. But, you know, just proceed with caution. 
Um, but once you go read it, come back and listen to the rest of the podcast or listen to the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. So her friend Reva and her are both insufferable and I hate them both. Reva is just like annoying. And then she's so needy and she's also so like, ugh, <laughs> just constant so i understand where her frustration comes from um with reva just like Mm -hmm. constantly blabbering and blabbering and blabbering and blabbering but also reva shows up time and time again no yeah she's constant give up on her friend yeah she's constant yeah and she is like she also never makes like she always worries for the main character but she never is like you need to stop doing this like she does you know whatever but she also is like well yeah, so she's both awful for not trying to help her friend stop, but she's also supportive for just, like, being there when she's clearly going through something. Which is so weird. How it, can you be, like, a good, unhelpful best friend? That is the whole entirety of this book, I swear to God. Which is kind of, like, beautiful in the whole, like, fact of it, or that whole, like, ironicism, is yeah. that, like, she was a good, bad best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. I literally go, what yeah. the fuck is this book? Yeah, literally. <laughs> this is like one of the first I know, you kept asking me, like, have you started the book? Have you started the book? I was like, no. Yeah, because no, 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 no. I was so like, what the fuck? And I needed you to be like, what the fuck with me? Oh, yeah. I think it was, like I said, because you went in blind, I think you really got hit, like, from left field and on this entire thing. Because we read pretty, like, uplifting stories. Like, yes. if not, there's, like, again, our fantasy stories have a plot. They are like have happy moments, and then they have moments that are just like upsetting or whatever. But mo- most of the time, they have a conclusion that we're usually like pretty satisfied with. Yeah. Whereas this one, like I said, this one has no plot, so there's nothing like to work towards. There's you have no idea what's gonna be on the next page. Yeah. I mean, my next note was literally like, "This is so depressing." Holy hell! I just finished a romance, and this is a one eighty fun love books i do i mean i love and hate this book for a million reasons and i'll say it probably a million more times in this episode but the way she describes dr tuttle repulses me and i was grimacing the whole fucking time the neck brace the frizzy hair the cat hair everywhere yes the chaos like a literal quack like she just reminds me of like it's crazy she reminds me of uh what's the magic school bus Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle, but like but cracked awful. out. Yeah. Maybe not that, but like she's no, just like a quack. No, and like she that. has like those big glasses, but they make her like eyeballs look 10 times bigger than what they actually are. And, and they're just, like crooked. And then she's got like a pin, a pencil stuck in her hair and like a sandwich, a tuna sandwich in her bag. And she's sweating because her AC is broken. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just imagine her sweaty and smelly and like. I just imagine her smelling like onions. Insane looking, like, like she forgets everything. She's like, she's into she holistic it. stuff, but really, it just means that she just doesn't bathe. I don't know, man. <laughs> like literally, the fact that she like became a shaman at the end. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, so now I'm a what? shaman. I'm like, what the hell? And she, <clears throat> I mean. The main character, she goes there and she's just like, oh, I'm about to just prescribe you a cocktail of pills and I don't care what's fucking wrong with you. Literally. Like, but I, oh, also at the same time, I know how to scam the insurance company so they don't ask questions and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
what the fuck? Imagine how mm-hmm. different her life would have been if she had a helpful doctor. <clears throat> we wouldn't have had a book like this. Well, yeah. But I think that's also just commentary on, like, the fact that it's so hard to find a good psychiatrist and also to find people that yeah. would be like, okay, yeah, let me actually listen to, like, what you're going through. And, and take like, the time. Take the time to actually prescribe the correct medications and just being willing to be like, look, you know, this might not work the first time, but, like, come back in two weeks and we'll, you know, figure out the dosage or we'll figure out something else. Like, no doctor, unfortunately, there are less doctors that are like that. That are willing to put in the time and the effort in their patients and mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Like, for instance, like, I know some people who have a lot of issues, like, trying to up even their medicine. Even whenever they feel like, especially, like, anxiety medicine, when they feel like they need it. And, like, they tell them, and they're like, no, you're fine. It's like, how do you know that, though? Like, can't you just take a patient's, like, concern seriously Instead of just be like, oh, you're fine. Just, you know, take some exercise or whatever. And, of course, like, those things obviously help. But at the same time, like, if they're telling you, like, hey, I've been on this medication for five years. Um, and I think I just need to have, like, the dosage kind of, like, adjusted. Uh-huh. They're like, no, you're fine. Go do some more exercise. That's so dismissive. <clears throat> but anyways. Yeah. She's obviously not that. <laughs> she's like, what? You obviously, like not sleeping even though i like literally gave you horse tranquilizers but you know whatever and not only that but some of the things she says she's like just not it's like word salad like word vomit yeah it does not make sense none of it she's just rambling like literally from one word to the next i feel like like she's on acid the entire time literally like she's she's lost her marbles from taking too many of her own drugs without regulation um, there's a bunch of quotes in this book that I am obsessed with, though, mm. that because they're like disturbing. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I I just said it was I would risk death if it meant I could sleep all day and become a whole new person. Just like, God damn, that is yeah. the entirety of this book, basically. Yeah. Was it at the, at the end or is it the very beginning? I think because I think she was re- beginning slash middle because that was like when she was starting the med- medication. Then she stuff. must re she must have reiterated it at the end because she kind of had like a little bit of like a meltdown at the end where she really like locked herself in and mm-hmm. did that like went to an extreme, even the most extreme measure of the book. Yeah, the next quote I had was the, but I think I was also holding on to the loss to the emptiness of the house itself as though to affirm that it was better to be alone than to be stuck with people who were supposed to love you yet couldn't. Her parents were fucking terrible. Her mom was really something else. Her dad was too. Her dad sucked. No, her dad sucked. But like, I just remembered the mom a lot. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, she definitely had more. She was with the mom. Than the she dad had more personality too, unfortunately. But also at the same time, yeah, she just had more time with the mom. Mm-hmm. And then like her whole confession that she killed her mom. Do you think she did? I don't know. Because I really, I don't know. I kind of want to think that she did, but also at the same time, like... I don't think she did. No. But... I think that was her fantasy that she had killed her mom because she fucking hated well, her. Well, I... Yes, because she had said it, I don't know, like 17 fucking different times to her fucking therapist or like her psychiatrist, <laughs> yeah. the doctor, and she was like, and your parents? And she's like, my parents are dead. She's like, and that like, was the entirety of the book. I tell you this? 
What is she writing down in, the in her notes? Yeah, literally, it's she's not, like, "Let me bring like up dead parents." De- yeah, let me bring uh, up your what? your record. And every single time, she's like, "So how are your parents?" And you're like, "They're dead." <laughs> literally, they're dead. So how's your mom? She's dead. She and your herself. dad and your dad's not helping. He had cancer. <laughs> it literally happens every time she goes to the doctor. So you're an orphan? Yes. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. The absurdity of this book. It's nuts. I love it. I kind of love it and I kind of hate it. I know. I love how absurd so, it is because I've, I've never read a book. Feelings about this book. Yeah. I've never read a book like this and I'm just like, why? Like, also, the fact is, like, how did Otessa come up with this and then run with it bro 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 when i was thinking about that it gave me the verity vibes of the colleen hoover like how verity was supposed to be doing the quote-unquote exercise Mm. of like thinking of the most fucked up shit i'm like god damn i think otessa did this yeah and was like what is fucked? she's like i I actually like that idea hold on hold on literally and actually i you know if she if she did that, that she she kind of did something. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, yeah, it's kind of nuts. It's kind of nuts. She's nuts. She's smart. She's nuts. I don't know. This book is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like kind of speechless. Like I have a lot of thoughts, but also when I try to vocalize them, I'm just like stuck. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? Right. This book is driving me insane. Well, I think this book is like an onion. Yeah. It has layers. Wow, like, that was uh, so uh, profound, man. Like ogres like have layers. Yeah. Onions have layers. Um everybody <laughs> parfait. You got anybody everybody like parfait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not us discussing a very deep book and you quoting Shrek. Honestly, I don't even think it I mean it was deep, but like I didn't take it that deep. I'm mean, like, wow, this shit fucked up. <laughs> I said, and you're like, you're fully into this. Like, you're like fully, in it. fully into the metaverse. I'm like having a mental breakdown over yeah. this. And you're like, like LOL. <laughs> LOL, look at all the like cocktail of drugs she had. <laughs> she's an orphan. She's over here. She's an orphan. having a great time. Oh my God. <laughs> she's an orphan. Oh my God. I think that she is. Obviously, we all hate her, and she's insufferable. That's the but point. But she thinks everyone else is insufferable, and they are. But I also think she's projecting her own insufferability on everybody, everybody else, else. And that's yes. why she hates everybody else. Because she just is so stuck in this turmoil and not able to process any of her feelings. Yeah. Doesn't want to process any of her feelings. So everybody else who shows an emotion that isn't, like, plus is, like, being not placid. But, um, like, content or just, like, neutral. Yeah. Anything that is shows any kind of, like, reactionary, she just can't deal with it. Because she physically cannot figure out how to deal with herself. Well, and that's her own fucking parents' problems. Because they... Piece of shit. ...were terrible. And they didn't let her emote nor taught her out. I thought it was interesting how she thought, like, the mom always said, like, the place that they were going to was hell. Yeah. How she always references, like, this is going to hell. Or, like, this is straight to the hell whatever you know 
Well, and she talked about how she wanted attention from her parents, but she would never humiliate herself by doing so. Exactly. By, like, asking for it. Right. Because she always talks about how she, like, wanted her mom to come in there and pet her head and, like, comfort her. Or, like, whenever her dad was dying and was saying his last words to her, Mm -hmm. she wanted to, like, snuggle up next to him and, like, hold his hand and, you know, do all different things. Mm -hmm. But she obviously, like, oh, it broke my heart whenever she said that she, like finally like unraveled a little bit of the mystery of her parents in the sense of like where kind of her reasoning came from like seeing like what she went through with her like unemotionally available parents Mm -hmm. and seeing what she's craving and literally like what she is now kind of boycotting like in her body like you know she's like i don't want to i don't want to feel anything i don't want these feelings i want to transform and like this idea of metamorphosis is insane like yeah to the extremes, like metamorphosis of the extreme, mm-hmm. that there's no like, um, honestly, I feel like she's almost kind of taking like, quote unquote, the the quick way out of it, which is like through sleep, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, right. okay, she's I'm going to sleep for a year. brave no. to face her shit head yeah, on. Yeah, she's not like metamorphosizing in the sense of taking the time to work through everything. She's like, well, I'm just going to ignore the fucking everything for a year Until just sleep I it do. off. Until I can finally process that I'm a new person. Like, after all that, I'll have to be a new person. Yeah. Well, um, apart from the book that I think is interesting to do with, like, the she can't handle literally any emotion from anybody is when her and Trevor go to a bar and they say people looked stupid when they were, quote unquote, having a good time. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, literally expression of any happiness or joy, they looked stupid to her. Yeah. Like, you had to be, like, Miserable. so uninterested in life to be cool or, like, normal. Well, to just be on her radar. And I think that's also why that, like, Reva was so insufferable, too. Because yeah. she, like, loved certain things. And she also, also the entire time she's, like, grieving that her mom is having cancer and dying. Yeah. And the, our main character is, like, get the fuck over it. I'm so tired of hearing you whimper and, like, snot over yourself and, like, mm-hmm. Your mom's not going to get any better. Like, just accept it. Like, you know, so brutal. Yeah. Horrible. So brutal in her, like, sorrow and her grief. And she, like, even, like, Reva is like, I promise I won't cry, like, as much. Or, like, actually, no, no, no. She said, um, she warned our main character that she was going to cry a lot. And I felt that, I felt bad for Reva having to tell her, like, I'm going to cry, so be prepared. Yeah. Other than just being like, well, it's okay, like, you know, obviously. Reva was giving the speech at her mom's funeral and... Choked up. She looked to our main character for reassurance and she was like, I gave her a thumbs up. Like, these two girls really only only had each other. Both of them kind of had, like, like her dad seemed kind of shitty, Reva's dad. Mm-hmm. Her mom was supposedly really great because she was like, I wish my dad died instead of my mom. Yeah. And then, uh, what's her... Our main character, she had terrible parents. And then Reva had, like, issues with uh, eating disorders and all that stuff. Like, both of these girls, I don't know. It's fuck- they had fucked up lives and then they were fucked up. And Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that even our main character took after her her parents. Mm-hmm. Where, or her mom, at least. That there was no... That she lost... The mom lost her parents young and she was an only child. And then mm-hmm. no longer had any family. And then she lost both of her parents, was an only child, and no longer had Well, and she treated Reva just like her mother treated her. Exactly. Like. So, do you think that's a commentary on generational trauma? Yeah. Mm. 
You end up like your parents, no matter how hard you try not to be. Yes and no. I get that, but also at the same time, like, you're also still your own person. And if you recognize the things that, like, your parents are doing, then obviously you can teach or unteach those things to yourself. It takes a long time, and it's a lot of effort and a lot of work, but... I think even if you can recognize the shit your parents do, it's hard not to... It's hard, but not impossible. Do what they did. It's hard, but it's not impossible. Well, yeah. Therapy. Yes. <laughs> Generational trauma stops with us. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but not only besides that, like I said, there's kind of like not a lot to talk about this book, but also it's a just... Lot. Well, no, I wouldn't even say that. Like, it's a mm. lot of the same things. It's a lot of yeah. her being like, she doesn't want to sleep. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't, I mean, she doesn't want to be awake. And then I thought it was interesting how she had a whole insomniac period, even when she was taking all these pills. Yeah. And she like, took she couldn't. The, the big kahuna, the mm-hmm. infirmeter, whatever the fuck it was. There was a lot of names and for these pills that I just didn't like. Made all the other ones not work. Mm hmm. Like they weren't strong enough. Right. And I love that the fucking, it went from like sleeping and whatever to blacking out for three days at a fucking time. Like how do you and do also, that? And also the fact that like. Sleep she- or resting. That is just blacking out and doing things otherwise. I know. How she like blacks out and like, and still does stuff. And I'm like, what the hell? She literally like becomes a normal person when she's blacked out. Like she goes and gets manicures and like shopping and. And it, and then she, like, people. it even shows that, like, she herself is also, like, a compassionate human because, like, when she's blacking out, she hears herself saying, like, she can feel herself, like, going under. She hears herself saying to Reba, I'm so sorry about your mom, Reba. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I love you. Yeah, I love yeah. you. And I'm like, dang. She has to literally be consciously turned off for her to be a good person. Sucks. Um... What? What else you got? Tori has her notes, so. Yeah. Also, I fucking hated the main character being racist. Mm-hmm. Like, so I get that this was 2001 and whatever, but, like, she did not have to say the racist shit she said. Like, when she always called it, the people the Egyptians. I thought that was really interesting that she always just called them the Egyptians. I feel like that was not even the worst part. It was of it, no, though. it's not the worst part, but like that's the one that really stuck out of my mind. It's just not. Yeah, I just feel like she said, "I'm like, okay, the literally has no." The only thing it made was the character more insufferable, and then made me question if the author is a good person. I think that's the point. It's like she's supposed to be an unreliable, un. No, I mean like Otessa herself. Like, why oh, does she feel oh, the need to put that in there? Oh. Like, I get that it was 2001, but. Not everyone was fucking saying bullshit in 2001 anyways. And it doesn't matter if they were or not. Like, we don't have to write about it. It's like, I don't know. I just was like, why do you feel it necessary to, like, sprinkle in these little things? Right. Even if, like, the, the main character is already fucking insufferable enough. Like, I didn't feel like that added anything. No. But again, if it's a commentary on society. Yeah. You know. I don't, I'm not obviously condoning like, no, no, I racist know. like thoughts no. or whatever. I mean, this is discussion. You, so you right. Say that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also another reason she's like, look, like, 
this person was in the 2000s and like we still have like these racist things and even like you know racist racism obviously still sprinkled in and obviously i feel like that prominence has just grown unfortunately mm-hmm. and it's just become a lot more vocalized by people and you know here in america you know what i mean like we still experience or i say we but the whole of a nation still experiences a majorly like systemic racism i mean like look at the story that just broke the other like literally last night where this black 31 year old male educator was running for help from the police and he was stun gunned to death Mm -hmm. like what the fuck dude literally whenever i read that i like just went on a rant and i had like a whole like shit like you know written out or whatever that i was gonna put on instagram and stuff and i was like i'm not gonna do that right now i should have but it just made me irritated because it's like not irritated it just made me sad and so depressed and so like despair because it's like this man literally is living up to all the white people standards of this like society like he was educated he was an educator he worked with kids he was a good person he wasn't doing anything wrong and because of the color of his skin he still lost his life and he was doing like that's what i said like in my one post that i put on my instagram that's like you can do everything right and still lose your life mm-hmm. no matter like and of course obviously if it was a white person that would never have happened no but if it's a black person and you're still subscribing to these white narratives of like well you need to be educated you need to do this and you have a like a very like structured life and all this other shit and no no it doesn't but like that's what people say who are like white people who are no, in denial? I know. They and they're, they're like, not well, in they... denial. They're just trying to be like, well, if you do things right, then it won't happen. It's denial. It's denial. Of the fact that like saying that if you do all this stuff, then you'll like be considered something else or something better. Ugh. Just... They're just trying to disguise their bigotry any way possible. Oh yeah, for sure. But still, anyways, not... I was just like. Everybody can just get fucked in this world that thinks like that. Yeah. Anyways. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever you want. This is our podcast, so. I know, but that's it. <laughs> Use it to rant. Um. Oh, I fucking hated that. Trevor came and fucked her again in her drug stupor. I thought it was so funny that she woke up and there was, like, balls in her mouth. I know. What the fuck? I mean, that was, like, what a perfect relationship for her, right? I mean. I know. The most toxic relationship. Also, her outburst whenever she would call him. Yeah. And literally be like. Fuck. And then when she called Reba whenever she took her meds. Yeah. And she was like, do you think that this is fucking okay that you, like, you are killing somebody by taking their med- medicine? Do you even know that that shit could, like, give me seizures if I don't take it? Just watch. Like, I'm going to die here in 45 minutes. You know. Yeah. Like, literally going off the rails. Yeah. I mean, that's. And then doing the exact same thing. behavior. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then doing the exact same thing to Trevor. Mm-hmm. Fucking Trevor. <laughs> Well, I just thought it was, I mean, it makes sense, right? Cyclical, like. Oh, yeah, you, for sure. You break up with someone, and you're good for a little bit, and then you start calling them again, whatever. And clearly they had a bad habit of that or whatever. But I was just like, God damn, what the fuck? And then he had a fucking girlfriend. 
he had multiple girlfriends multiple girlfriends at the time like she had alluded to the fact that this has happened a long time or like happened before where yeah. he has girlfriends and then I'm, they I are like I'm still hugging up mentioning like this one this in one in particular well because he said that he marries her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like oh my god i don't know it makes me terrified of the world terrified of men yeah that too and I can't believe yeah. she was just like, I'm gonna lock myself in this room and Ping is gonna uh paint me, do shit, video me, watch me, take care of me, and I'm just gonna black out for four months. I can't believe she didn't die. There's yeah, no way. There she probably would have died. She probably would have if she was a real person. Yeah. Well, there were several times she was like, I took two of these and then twenty minutes later I took four of these and then I chewed this. I was like, and then I took some- How are you not waking up in a hospital or not like? She's up like, from a I coma? took um children's Benadryl. I downed a whole thing of like children's Benadryl, like like the liquid or whatever or whatever something Nyquil yeah. medicine or like yeah. Well, she was opening. She was opening Nyquil. a bottle of night. Yeah, Nyquil, and she's like just chugging it. Yeah, you're like what the fuck? And then she takes like a Valium, and then like she's like ambient, oh ambient. I'm like, this is insane. No, real person would have died and their level immediately. Would have immediately. This is that this is the fantastical part of, yeah. of this mm-hmm. book. Because there's no way that anybody would not have died from an overdose. Oh, for sure. Like let alone chugging a thing of NyQuil and having ambient, that in <laughs> itself warrants a hospital visit. <laughs> I said sleep through four months of her life not actual sleep though because it's the blackout thing where she's still like awake and then trusting this sketchy artist and then i said what the fuck and then and now she's awake and alive okay also she just yeah is done taking pills i mean i guess she was only doing one for the last four months and like so she like didn't have to actually survive her withdrawal because she blacked out during her withdrawal period of Mm -hmm. like four months and then was only taking the one which is interesting Mm mm-hmm and I also mm-hmm. thought it was interesting that gradually she was like, oh, can you bring me, like, nicer food? Can you bring me, mm-hmm. like, flowers? Can she wasn't bring- surviving. and She was asking for, like, nice things and, like, not things just to get her, like, to sustain life. It was like, can you, like, you know, what you were saying. Asking for better, better quality stuff or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. How her, I guess that was really the metamorphosis that she was looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was such a weird concept. It was all of it was such a weird, a weird concept. Fucking Riva dies in the towers. Yeah, after she, I thought that it was interesting that this Riva, I love you. I know, and she's leaving, and then that was the last time she saw her. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting that this whole book was leading up to like two thousand, like to the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. You know, well, or nine eleven. Jesus Christ. And then at the very end where she's like, I watched the video of the woman jumping out of the window. And yeah. even though I don't think it's Reva, even though it looks like her, I just think of how like that girl or that lady is like living with her eyes wide open. Because she's beautiful. There she is, a human being diving into the unknown and she is wide awake. Wide, Yeah, wide awake. Like what? Sorry, but this author is... I need to, she needs a brain scan because I need to know what's going on up there. I mean, like, did, what happened? Who hurt you? Who Deeply. hurt you? 
What what generational trauma are you having? Literally. I'm kind of afraid. Are you projecting? Uh, what her her what's her last name? I cannot pronounce Mosh it. Mosh What is that? Mosh Yeah, I'm gonna look up her name because I wanna know. Mosh M O S F E G H, I think. Mm hmm. Did I spell it right? Yeah, you I think so. M O S H Mosh I wonder what that is. Like, I what? know that's what I want to look uh, up. Like, what her like, ethnicity? Yes. <laughs> what? Well, I like, could not like, think of the what, word. What she is. Also, if you hear Mona Purine, she's in between Tori and I at the moment. So, she's born in Massachusetts. Her mother was born in Croatia. Ooh. And her father, who is Jewish, was born in Iran. Ooh. Her parents were both mission missions musicians and taught at the New England Conservatory of Music. I thought you said you were gonna say missionaries. I almost did, and I caught yourself that was wrong. Um, well, that's how we get the Jewish aspect of Reba. Mm-hmm. Huh. Which is really nice. Well, there it is. There be. There she is. Um, Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I think I screenshotted another quote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, because a bunch of people, there, there was like a thousand something highlights on this from via my Kindle, right? Because mm-hmm. like, it tells you what oh, other people uh-huh. highlight. And this was the quote. Watching her take what was deep and real and painful and ruin it by expressing it was such trite with such trite precision gave me reason to think Reva was an idiot and therefore I could discount her pain and with it mine. Reva was like the pills I took. They turned everything even hatred, even love into fluff I could bat away. And that was exactly what I wanted. My emotions passing like headlights that shine softly through a window. Sweep past me, illuminate something vaguely familiar and then fade and leave me in the dark again. That was the longest quote ever in my life. But yes. It was very long. But it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it it was what we were talking about. How she, any emotion at all, she thinks is like uncool and uncouth and what have you. Well, not even, yeah. Like she just can't deal with it. She's yeah. like, it's overrated. She wants to not have to deal with any of it. Okay. Yeah. She's like being an emotional human being overrated. Yep. We're going to go into the reviews, which we haven't done in for a few books. Hey. Hey. Come here. I'm going to put her down. <laughs> Just throws the cat off the bed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. We haven't done reviews for a few of the books. So, so sorry. Um, but. So the first one that I have, I have so many okay, that were small go. ones. Um, so I have one from Kat, which is uh, Paperback Dreams on YouTube. She's fucking hilarious. Her rant over the after book, so fucking funny, oh, dude. God. It has after. over a million views. Oh, shit. I have to show it to you because she is hilarious. She had me rolling on the floor. But I love I love her so much as a book like tuber. She doesn't upload very often. Mm-hmm. But she read this book. So she's like, what that was? 
or this was something else. Um, this will probably always remain one of the oddest books I've ever read. On the surface, it is mostly ridiculous. The narrator deciding to take just take a year in the hopes that it will transform her outlook on life. But underneath all that, it is kind of a tender and vulnerable look at a woman who is struggling to deal with her grief and depression and feels that drastic measures are the only way to get through it. My only complaint is that the things drag that this thing drags. What the fuck am I trying to say? My only complaint <laughs> is that this that things dragged through <laughs> no okay. no dragged out throughout the middle just a bit when in itself almost lent to the overall lethargy of the story. But the conclusion of the year was rushed and wrapped up a little too neatly? Question mark. And I would have preferred a bit more time to have been focused on there. And I believe I agree with that. I do too. Yeah. It was literally like a minute in the audiobook. But maybe that was purposeful. Maybe. Maybe because that wasn't the point of the book. Mm-hmm. But I just like how she was like, yeah, Reva's gone. Yeah. She's like, she's, no, she's not here. Of she's gone. Of course she's going to just gloss over her friend's death. She's gone. Okay, I'm going to save this one for last because this is the one that I was cracking up for. Okay. So I have Persephone's review. She gave it four stars. She said, this bitch really said, let me sleep for one year because what the fuck is my life? And I eat that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I love books with unlikable characters, and those books serve to say the least. There is absolutely no one to root for, like, no one. And still, this book managed to keep me hooked until the last page. And then somebody else, like, commented on it. It says, I know I'm going to eat this up, too. LOL. Love it. Anyways, um, <laughs> this one kind of got me. This one was kind of funny, but listen, this is, this is John Luke's review, and he gave it five stars. Um, in the middle of my copy of my year rest and relaxation, I found a receipt for a bar tab totaling $213. Understandable. But I had the receipt been dated 62620 instead of 62619, I would have said it makes perfect sense. Although it wouldn't have been a bar tab. The bars were closed, remember? Let's do our best to forget the horror of it. But rather a receipt from the corner liquor store. Had we but known my year of rest and relaxation might have become a sort of how-to guide to getting through the year of 2020. Um, I was five years old at the time, so don't laugh when I say it left me feeling nostalgic with the book being set in the year 2000. I think all my childhood VHS tapes are still somewhere in my parents' garage. This feels somehow wrong to write, but 9-11 made a very subtle and effective plot device. (laughs) Like, what the fuck, dude? Kayla Dawn's review gave it a two, and it says, reading this felt like a chore. Oh, I saw that one. And then Sophia's review. Give it five stars. How the fuck was it so boring and so good at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Vibes. Oh, my God. Boston's review. Give it five stars. The girls that get it, get it. Yeah. (laughs) Daft Pink's review. Give it two stars. After After finishing this book, I got the finest sleep in recent memory. I saw that one, too. Um... Lily's review gave it four stars. This book's target demographic is inseparable women. I am inseparable women. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the creme de la creme that I have. Um, this was given four stars I um, by Cass. It says, validated my existence as a lazy whore. <laughs> oh, wow, that's actually And then, fuck. no, the Maybe comments. this is resonating with me so much. The comments are like, thank you for putting into only seven words my exact feelings about this book. <laughs> it says, 
then there's another that says, can I rate your review on five five stars? And it says, this review made me buy the book. <laughs> That's so funny. Le- Leah says, going to Barnes & Noble tomorrow after reading this. <laughs> Amazing. Honestly, that review would get me too. Validated my existence as a lazy whore. No. Okay, those are my reviews. Okay. I like the really short ones. Real short, punchy ones. What do you got? Um, two stars. This book feels like when you pull an all-nighter, accidentally fall asleep at noon, and wake up at 4 p.m., and nothing feels real. Which <laughs> <laughs> is so accurate. Very. Because you're, like, in a twilight state of, like, what the fuck is going on? You're like, uh, this is not how the day is supposed to go. Yeah. Um, Otessa acquired world-renowned fame and Oh, nope. That's not what I meant to read next. Is that your research? No. Oh. <laughs> I just started reading the next review when I meant to scroll to the next uh, picture. Yes. Silence, 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 sorry, sorry, silence, sorry, silence. Sorry. Imagine reading a, about a person sleeping for 300 pages because that's this book. <laughs> DNF. Oh, yeah. Understandable. I can get it. This book felt more like reading an autobiography as opposed to literary fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even said that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, fictional biographies are a genre. But then this person goes on to say, it appears to me that Otessa's tendency to write horribly bigoted characters is just her way of inserting her own backward beliefs and biases in her work without consequence. Ooh. Reading this book wasn't the same experience I would have had reading another flawed character uh her portrayal feels almost inanimate in its depiction of the racist xenophobic fatphobic and anti-semitic beliefs of the main character whose name i have already forgotten because it doesn't exist yeah whose name i don't remember because it was never there honestly the psychiatrist conveniently a therapist was the most compelling character uh disagree i was afraid of her (laughs) (laughs) i was deeply afraid um this one is like super long but i'm gonna read like just bits of it okay uh buckle up everybody this one said the characters are so unlikable and she's like i think it's clear at this point i don't think writing a lot likable characters characters for the sake of being Able to is very compelling. It seems conceited on the part of the author and a bit like I'm being invited in on a mean-spirited joke. This one I don't necessarily agree fully with the review. Like, it's just interesting that this person has this perspective. Okay. Because she was like, don't write mean characters just to write mean characters. And I'm like, but why not? But why not? Especially women. Because we're always mean. Women deserve to be written mean. Yes. Unsufferable, unhinged women. I told you that there was a uh, table on the Barnes and Nobles store that I went to the recently. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was in the mall in Dallas, and it had literally just a table that was the theme of all the books was unhinged women. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Um, I got the Virgin Suicides because of it because I was like, I'm gonna read this. And apparently, people read that in high school. I never did, so I'm gonna read it. This one is a. I think four or five star one. And it says, not to sound like I believe myself to be the center of the universe, but I am and I do. And this book is probably written for me. I, like our protagonist, am a 
24-year-old blonde exactly with the one exact with exactly one toxic but adoring friend who daydreams about the idea of sleeping away a week, month, a year and waking up refreshed and renewed in a slightly different shinier life. Love it. I think I mean I think it's kind of a human nature that we kind of get so bog- or at least American nature that we get so bogged down that we just wish we could sleep for a week that we feel like that would help us fix our problems and get our sleep schedule back and just mm-hmm. something as simple as fixing a simple fix is that is just getting our sleep schedule back onto track which of course yes it would help you but it wouldn't cure you of anything you know what i mean mm-hmm. she it, goes how am i supposed to rate this in a number between one and five can we do a different scale yeah it needs a different scale like this book we should come up with our own scale okay i like how you're just like okay any ideas uh no we will get back to you on that all right but was that all that's it that's, that's all you all. had yeah i didn't oh. have a ton of reviews that were like succinct enough for me to i found a bunch those were just funny but actually Most they're not even the succinct ones were, like, they're not they're not even reviews. succinct they're they were just like what the fuck is this book yeah <laughs> essentially but well needless to say that this was like totally an interesting book that we normally do not do mm-hmm. uh interesting story that we don't usually tackle um it kind of gave me a little bit of like um mexican gothic vibes and just how like creepy and weird it is but also not mexican gothic vibes because like (laughs) it was obviously like that was fantastical and this was not fantastical yeah so um but either way i think it's still good to obviously like sprinkle in these stories oh for sure as much as we can can do all the same no we've said that before and this makes us appreciate our other escapism yes (laughs) yeah i totally get it yeah so um just a few reminders uh we did put up the reading schedule for february so definitely go check take a look at it we are doing a lot of romance we're doing nothing but romance for february obviously for very obvious reasons obvious reasons i didn't want to say obviously obviously. (laughs) i didn't want to say obvious again but like for very known reasons um for february we also do have a bonus episode we have a bonus episode this month, and obviously we have... Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> I need to stop. Remember I told you a few episodes back that there's you a word that I word. focus on one word, and then I say it within, the, like, a five-minute time span at least 20 times? Today, that was obvious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. Um, <laughs> what was I trying to say? Oh, we have... Bonus episode this month and a bonus episode next, next month, month, so stay tuned. Um, those are obviously coming soon. You said obviously again. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that I didn't even like register. Didn't. That's, That's so funny. <laughs> okay, well those are coming soon. Um next, next month. Oh, oh. <laughs> Okay, what are we doing next week, Tori? Next week is Daisy Jones in the same. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What were you going to say about next Anyways, month? Anyways, next month we have BIPOC authors that we're reading about, too. Uh, we have a black romance author. And we also have an LGBTQ Q. romance yes slated on there too so go check them out 
I'm sure you've heard of most of them, so it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, it'll be good. Lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Definitely a big turn from, like, what we're doing right now. Yes. So, uh, tune in next week. I am so excited for Tori to listen to this book. I have been wanting her to listen to this audiobook for a really long time, and it's another TGR that we just love. Yeah, we, I just, we've gotten through almost all of them. I've gone through, like, so many of her books. We've gone through three in less than a, in two months. Yeah. The only one that we have left is Malibu Rising. Well, of her big ones. Of her big ones. That yeah. The main four. We can read it if you want. I've already read it. And it I've really already good. read it, too. But maybe we should read it for the pod just because we do so many TJRs. Maybe. Might need a break, though. Yeah. I was going to say, like, maybe in, like, March, two or three months. March. Beginning April. Maybe, like, April or May. May. Give it, like, a, you know, surfing. Because, you know, it's just in the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Holy>. <laughs> fully understood <laughs> i wish we had a video for that <laughs> literally i wish that would just yeah oh, did you Maddie, hear all my, like popping yeah, and shit? she's literally cracking her shoulders because she's pretending to swim like a real freak <laughs> anyways oh my god <laughs> and it's uh, late aka not even 9 p.m so <laughs> this is the earliest I we've know. recorded the podcast <laughs> y'all next week we love you bye you guys we're fucking dying i like seeing you laugh i like seeing you laugh you need to laugh more often Oh, we're recording? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this was a depressing fucking book and I wasn't giggling. Yo, I, I was going to come back on and tell our listeners that Maddie was dying at how <laughs> her fucking boy was. And then he started My eyes twitching. <laughs> okay. okay. On the count of three, we say bye to them. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Bye. bye.